0: In every situation, you are good. In all circumstances, Lord, you are good. It really doesn't matter
1: what comes our way. Lord, we know that you are dependable.
0: You are dependable. We know you are dependable. It might not seem like it, but we know you are dependable. Thank you because Lord, we know that you are with us, even though we walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because we know that you are with us, because we know that you are dependable. Even if our flesh fails us, oh God, we will keep our trust in you, even if our naira fails us, Lord, we know that you are dependable. Thank you, Lord, for being in the midst of your people today. As we open your word, let your word be open unto us. In Jesus' much less than we have prayed. The senior pastor spoke on Sunday. I think the title was, The Days of Contempt Will Be Over. And by the auction of the Holy Spirit, my prayer, my declaration, I prophesy... That the days of contempt are already over. Yeah. You know we are citizens of this world, but our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is of heaven, and we will only operate as citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. We have to walk in this consciousness to know that we cannot be defined by our environment. Yes, it will affect us in many ways, but our faith is stronger. Hallelujah. So I want us to defile everything that is going on around us and put our trust and our hope in God. And he will deliver us. Hallelujah. He said so much about depression and how this situation can be very depressing for many. And he shared you know, certain stories about how life you know, happened to him. And I'm sure we know that if we all hear our stories... Life can happen to us. Amen. I remember one story about a young lady who used this electric ion. She took the rope of an electric iron and tried to commit suicide. And then she was unsuccessful. I'm not sure what was going on with her at that time. Then she took a picture of herself with the rope around her neck and sent it to me. I was completely devastated. I quickly ran to her house and she said the only thing she can think of right now is to commit suicide. And then this very funny thing, I I didn't know what to do, I was confused. You know how you can be confused? How do you console someone who wants to die? And at that time, honestly, I wasn't thinking about her, I was thinking about myself. I was saying, if I live here now and this girl dies, I'm the last person to see her. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it can be very traumatic for me. Uh, if they carry out investigation, they could accuse me of murder. So I called my wife several times and she wasn't picking up. So I told the lady to enter my car and they were going to my house. So I brought her home. You can imagine bringing a, a lady home to your wife and say, this one is going to be stay with us for some time. <laughs> you know? And uh, she stayed with us for a while, maybe a week or so, before she went back to our house. And it's, I'm just trying to tell us that many of us have gone through things like this. It can be very depressing. Some of us might not be able to know what happens to our neighbor, what's happening to our neighbor. The neighbor is sitting next to you. And you cannot tell how horrible it is for your neighbor. I'm sure we've seen the stories of people going to the banks and some of them strips themselves naked because they could not get their money. And you will be shocked if you see how much they have in their accounts. You'll be shocked. The situation is extremely bad. Maybe for some of us we are a little bit comfortable, but many people, can't afford to send their children to school because their children will have to enter transportation to school. I was in the office earlier one of these days and the, one of my colleagues in the office was not in the office till about 10 and I was looking for him and I was very mad that he's not in the office. And then I called him, where are you? He said he's coming. He gave flimsy excuses. and then. When he came, he walked into my office and said, he was sweaty, I'm really very sorry. And he tried to come up with those excuses. I said, unacceptable, I don't even want to hear them. He now said, I'm sorry, sir, the truth is that I didn't have transport fare, I had to walk. I had to walk. These are people just around us. We could see, I see these people every day. I didn't know it's that bad for him one of my partners, Chinese people, called me and said, please, we want to pay salaries. Can you help me with some cash? Because I want to pay my staff cash because they don't have access to cash. I said, I can't even get 5,000 naira myself. How can I? They have over 300 staff. They want us to bring enough cash to pay at least some portion of their salaries in cash. A lot of people will be depressed now. like you to hold someone's hand when you go out there. Even in church, and ask them how they are doing. Hallelujah. Anytime you see anybody, just ask how it is. We might not be able to help, but we can encourage each other. Hallelujah. We can encourage each other. Just one hug can take away nights of weeping from someone. Let us not assume that it's okay with everybody. This period, I saw a lot of messages on my phone of people asking for help. For some, I couldn't even respond to them. Not because I am not happy that they are giving them money because I don't even know what to say to them. A lot of people, I'm sure we have those experiences. Well, the pastor declared on Sunday that those days are over. Yeah. You just have to believe it in your heart that what we are experiencing is already over. Yeah. And you will walk in that freedom. Hallelujah. The Bible said that a thousand will fall by our right and ten thousand by our left, but it will not hurt us. Yeah. Something happened in our where they had to even riot, and the police came and they shot. One person died. I think it's Abiola Kuta at GT Bank, and one person was killed. I know. May the Lord help us. I'd like us to go to our text, Second Kings, chapter two, and verse nineteen. Second Kings, chapter two, and verse nineteen. We're going to read from verse 19 to possibly 22. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant. But as my Lord sees, sorry, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. And he said, Elisha said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Verse 21. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water, from it there shall be no more debts or barrenness. Verse 22. So the water remained healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. If we read verse one of chapter 19, this is a story about when Elisha was to depart. The senior pastor has done an exposition on how Elisha and Elijah were together and they wanted to, um, Elisha needed to leave. And Elisha made a lot of attempts to make sure that Elisha stayed behind, but he said, no, even the prophets, the sons of prophets also tried. Elisha said, no, that is not going to leave um, Elijah. And then eventually, we know the story, Elijah left and then Elisha had a double portion of his anointing. After that, this was practically the first miracle that Elisha did. And when he came out with all that glory and anointing, the men of the city came to him to say something. To say something. We're going to take this step by step. Every word in this passage, we're going to take it step by step and we're going to be discussing how this passage relates to our situation in Nigeria. Hallelujah. We're going to see the solution that Elisha preferred these people and then we'll see how that solution can be reflected in our time amen the bible said here that the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant what this thing means is that look at our city the positioning the way our city is is very good location it's in a good location you know when you want to buy land or those of us that sell land like Daniel, you say, I have one land for you. It's in a very good location. It's not waterlogged. It's not this. It's a very good location. You are looking for a shop for your business. Somebody comes to you and says, I have seen a very nice shop. It's in a good location. So when the men of the city came to Elisha, he said, the way you are seeing this city, as you can see, it is in a very good location location. The Bible said that the situation of the city is pleasant. I'd like us to have this discussion. Like I said, we're going to be relating the situation of the scriptures to what our situation is. Please, i like, like us to share, what is the situation of Nigeria positively? We're talking about the pleasant things in Nigeria. If you have something to tell us about what is good, nobody should talk about what is bad, okay? I'd like us to share what is good about Nigeria. Anything, just say one thing so that other people can say, don't tell me there's nothing good about Nigeria. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, Pastor, maybe you should come last. (laughs) Because you've seen so many good things. I think maybe Pastor should come last. Who wants to share with us the good things about Nigeria? Anybody? Okay, our lawyer. Just say one so that other people can say different things.
1: Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Um,
1: Our natural resources.
0: Beautiful. Put your hands together for her. Our natural resources. The oil, the crude oil. What else? Okay, Sister Francisca.
1: Our geographical location. We have water, we have vegetations, we have everything.
0: So our positioning, we have water, we have, I'm sure you know Dubai does not have water. Qatar does not have water. But yeah, we have water, apart from those in Lekki. anyway. Oh, those in Lekki have excess water. (laughs) All right, our brother. There are so many things good about Nigeria, so I want to hear from every one of us.
1: Nigeria is free of natural disasters. No, (laughs) good things. Good. Yeah, free. We don't experience natural uh, Good, free.
0: Okay, free, yeah, free. of natural desire. Put your hands together for him, please. Put your hands together for him. How many of you heard what happened to Turkey and Syria? I actually have a friend in Turkey. I have not called them. And you know, hardly, hardly. Can I, can I say oh, Okay. That's what I wanted to talk about. I've been watching
1: the uh, news. Monday was mommy Chikura's birthday. So I sat down with her. And I saw the newsflash. 1,600 people dead. As we're talking, 1,800. As we're talking, 1,900. Today, it is 11,000 plus. Oh, my
0: God. God.
1: What started, I thought, 1,600. See, Nigeria, now we didn't look for trouble. These people didn't look for trouble. It went to one thousand eight, one thousand nine. It's 11,600 now counting. And then they talked about the aftershock on CNN. They drew the fault line of the earth. The earth has what they call fault lines like crack lines. And so when an earthquake is going to happen, it's around the fault lines and the aftershock follows a pattern. When they traced it, it came down from Egypt area, went through like uh, uh, Tanzania, entered Atlantic Ocean as if avoiding Nigeria. And went down away. And I looked at Nigeria. Is in front of us, is by our right side, is behind us, but it's not near us. When you say, tell me what is good about Nigeria, it is almost as if God is partial to Nigeria. The only thing that worries me about Nigeria are the Nigerians themselves.
0: This is, this is a very sad story. I didn't know it has reached um, 11,000. These when, are not ants.
1: When the Bible says that a 1,000 shall fall by your side, 10,000, it's exactly like, the line is coming from Egypt towards us. It goes to East Africa, goes down South Africa, goes into the Atlantic Ocean, as if avoiding Nigeria. If I saw a video, people talking on the street, a whole high rise, like 12 stories of flats, just fell down. See children buried. A child that was buried since Monday is brought out in freezing cold and the child doesn't die. If houses fall down in Nigeria, it's bad contractors. It's not natural disasters. I'm telling you.
0: Put your hands together for our senior pastor. What else? Who can share with us? What else is good about Nigeria? Okay, ambassador. Brilliant people. Put your hands together for him. Brilliant people. Brilliant people. There's nothing fantastic in all of the world and you will not see the name of a Nigerian there. It doesn't matter the industry. Is it the movie industry? Is it Idris Alba? Is it the scientist? Is it uh, Philippi Marwali? Is it the COVID vaccine? There's a medicine everywhere you will find a Nigerian. We have the brightest brains. Minister Togba. Praise
1: the Lord. Hallelujah. I think um, we... I don't know how to put it, but we kind of share love. Okay, my, like, I don't know how to put it, but we are very close. Like, a friend of mine moved to Canada, and she told me that when she was dropping her daughter, that the girl is just, um, like, 13 years old, but anytime she's dropping with her, she must pay. So, there's no free, nothing is free, um, nothing is free, you must drop. So, she told me that after she pay her house rent, that she's still even owing the, the small girl where she's dropping. And so for me, in Nigeria, is what I can just do. Monjadeo, about Womomyo. And you know, you just go like that. But it's, it's not- uh, There's no
0: unjade there. Just pay for the unjade. <laughs> Put your hands together for her. You know, uh, many people are planning to travel. Travel, honestly, it's, it's okay. You know, maybe you should just talk to people that have traveled before you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just talk to people that have traveled. A colleague of mine went and they said, don't worry. We have very nice accommodation for you. There's a family you are going to stay with, everything. And then he said, oh, he was happy. He went there, stayed there. One week after, the guy told him, it's time for you to go. <laughs> One week. A sister also told me that, uh, you know, she went to um, California in the U.S. And, and somebody was very nice to her. The woman that accommodated her gave her the basement, asked her if she would like to eat everything, gave her food. After that, that same day, the woman told her, are you okay? Everything is okay? She said, yes. He said, this is the nicest I'm going to be to you. And it ends today. Plain on the first day. You hear, yeah, you will do, Munja they me will all you. You need to know that everything there is at a cost. But Nigerian, we are very loving people. Put your hands together for yourselves. We're very loving people. So one of the things we are reaching is in the people. How we love each other. What else? Do we have any other thing? You see, our weather is fantastic. This weather you're seeing, that you're saying it is is doing you. You're using a kopeya Our weather is one of the best in the world. Some of you have no idea. I went to New York in November. For the exam. I spent two weeks. I went out today, just one day of the two weeks. You've not asked yourself, your friends that take pictures abroad. Why is it that, anytime they are taking the picture, there's nobody on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. They run out, take the picture, run back inside. My friend that went, his wife, after staying a few months, his wife was crying, why did you bring me here? Because they will have to walk to the bus stop. And the thought of, you see this bus stop, you, are just, you just walk as you close. leave all of you just walk down. Very easily. There. Oh my God. <laughs> you will freeze. You will freeze. As in, have you noticed anybody that goes there has a flu? You just go to the UK, you have a flu immediately. You will freeze. I th- The weather is horrible. Even Dubai. There are times you want to go to Dubai, they say don't come to this period because it's extremely hot. There's no time in Nigeria you can't go out. There's no time. It, just in December, you see the storm in New York, how people c- couldn't go out. You can't go out but everybody walks from home. There is no time you can't go out here. Our weather is extremely good. We're also rich in our culture. You know, I'm an Igbo man. That's one of the reasons why I married a Kalaba woman. <laughs> I married a Kalaba woman. It's a taboo in my place. I'm sure you know. The are Igbo man. You want to marry Calabar. Kalaba. For what? My dad said, my mom said over her, no, it was my dad that said over his dead body. My mom said, of all the horrible things that have happened to me in my lifetime, this, your decision to marry this girl is the worst. I still married her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are rich in culture. I used to love that Calabar carnival so many different kinds of food, everything, I mean, you, you see the Yubo food, Ufu, Nubo, Ufu, Haofu, you know, all of them, and you come to Calabar, you see all the different kinds, so we are rich in culture, and a lot of people want to come here and see our culture. But, the scripture says, okay, okay, you want to say something?
1: Yes. I think we're also very good with humor.
0: <laughs> humor. Let's make joke out of. Oh, my, put your hands together for Pastor tea. The things that people will go to prison for, we will laugh about it here. <laughs> Do you know? Things that people will go to prison for, we make a joke out of it. <laughs> See, well, even the first scarcity. So people organize fellowship <laughs> around that place, and they are rejoicing, and they are laughing and dancing. you know? I don't know. There's one filling station. That I saw people, they started throwing their gallons. Did you you see everybody just throwing gallons? just making fun of everything. Hallelujah. (laughs) In the banks, people are going to... We make a joke, so we, we, we... You know, Nigeria won the most happiest people on earth one time. Because people don't understand how difficult it is. And yet, we are happy and we are smiling. So, we're a people of humor. You see, eh, as horrible as this country is, there's something to thank God for. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Bible said here that they told Elisha that you can see that the situation of the city is pleasant. It's a good location. We have a beautiful weather. We have nice culture. We have good people. But, the water is bad. And the ground is barren. We look about, at, at these things that are happening to Nigeria, about the hard situation of Nigeria, but yet, yet, Nigeria is the, one of the most corrupt nations of this world. Nigeria. 90, well, 70% is living below the poverty line. 70%? I'm not sure, I can't remember the number. But about 90 million, 120 million Nigerians are extremely poor, extremely poor. Everything seems to be bad, everything. In fact, if you want to look at it, everything that you try to count is bad. With the richness of our crops, like you said, our green lands, we cannot produce anything. To the extent that we even import toothpick, I couldn't believe that. We import every single thing. Egypt, in my industry now, have said there will be no more import on major brands of mobile devices. If you want to sell your device in Egypt, come and manufacture it here, even India. So all these companies, Samsung, Xiaomi, all of them, they have their factories in India and in Egypt. Recently, India have said, you are not going to move your money out of India anymore. You make the money here, you invest it here. Nigeria, nothing. Richard Bradson once said that he does not understand how he wants to make our system and our economy better, and yet people want to take bribe for it. They don't care about making the situation better. They just want what will enter their own pocket. I went to a school many years ago, government secondary school, and I said that I want to provide computers for all the schools and they will not have to pay immediately, they will pay instrumentally. I'm going to work with Diamond Bank. And the person I met at the office there, I can't even remember where it was, she said, so what will I get from it? She told me, how does that concern me? What is going to enter my pocket is what I'm interested in. What will I get from it? And honestly, I was not keen about making a profit. I wanted to work with Diamond Bank to ensure that we digitize all our public primary and secondary schools. But they said no. We have crude oil, but sister, we have to export it, have it refined. And bring it back to, Ni- to Nigeria. Sorry? We export the goods and, <laughs> and import petrol. It's a very certain. In my village, I used to climb, I, I might not look like it, but I used to climb Palm Canal 3. Climb it, you know. Young men, we use those things that uh, wrap around our nest, and then we start climbing. We cut down the palm. The canals. We we'll cut it down. We don't have to export it to make red oil from it. We have manually, locally manufactured machines that we grind the oil out of it. We go to our farms, and by the grace of God, I planted cassava and yam. We don't have to export the cassava. We cut the cassava there and make them into gari and fry. Gari, you see that in fire and be frying the gari. Nigeria, as mighty as our nation is, we have to export the crude oil and re-import petrol. Our water is bad. Okay, you want to add something? Okay. Good evening, Church. Good evening.
1: Um, about the fuel, importation, and everything. Do you know nobody says anything about the byproducts that comes from petrol? There are about five or so, or 600 of them, and nobody says anything. The jelly, the bitumen, and every other thing that comes. Do you know nobody says? Everything. Everybody is just petrol and all that, and nobody comes or nobody even briefs anybody about this is where these byproducts go. This is how much we make. So the corruption is deep, and all that. Thank you.
0: Another for him, please. Thank you very much. Even with cocoa, we export it. Bring back chocolate. All of us buy chocolate in Dubai and the UK now and bring it back. (laughs) Something that we can make here with our cocoa. But there was something these people did. The Bible said that when they noticed their problem, where did they go? They went to the prophet. And I make bold to say to us this evening that the solution of Nigeria is in the church. Hallelujah. The solution of Nigeria is right here in the church. It's just so painful that when they come to the church or when they invite the church, what do we do? We'll go to them and then what do we ask for? We'll not ask for a transport fare. <laughs> Hallelujah. We ask for a transport fare. We ask for transport fare. Even when we don't ask for transport fare, I saw a list, I don't want to mention names. When you want to invite somebody, the person sends people ahead of you and tells you what you need to make ready before they come. You see, I'm also someone that likes to be comfortable I invited one man of God to Katsina one time. I served in Katsina. And we invited him. We put him in a hotel. And the man looked at the hotel and said, Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for your um, uh, hospitality. But I can't stay here. Don't worry about it. I'm here as an ambassador of Christ. I will get another hotel for myself. And I will pay for it. He went, got another hotel. And he paid for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe some other people would have said, let me know the kind of hotel you are putting me This man went, and I told my colleagues then in the ministry that, we cannot allow this man to pay, we are going to give him the money of the hotel inside the honorarium, we will force him to take it. And I explained to him, he said, see, you know I'm a very big man. I have slept in a particular hotel before, and the spring of the bed broke. I fell inside the bed and all the spring tore my body. So I'm always very careful about where I sleep. And it's understandable. But when we begin to say, set measures for people, I'm not into full-time ministry, so maybe I'm not permitted to talk about that. Okay, but we need to be asking ourselves whether we are missionaries, whether we are setting for ourselves. Unfortunately, that is why the church no longer has a voice. The people of old used to go to the church To find solutions. And that can still happen today if we are not afraid of saying the truth. Hallelujah. When they came to the man of God, what did he say? He said, bring me a new bowl. Verse 20, go to verse 20 please. Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. And I have decided to title today's discussion, A New Bowl. (laughs) Hallelujah. A new bowl. He said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. I asked myself a million times, why did a prophet need a new bowl? He didn't ask, bring a bowl to me. He said, bring me A new bowl. A new one. The Bible said in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Now when one is in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. New creature, not a clean creature. The Bible said he's a new creature. There is something about a new one that God is interested in. He says, I need a vessel. I need a cruise that I can use. And God will never do things from heaven. He would always use a new bowl. Hallelujah. When I was recently ordained as a pastor, you know, When you're a member of the church, you have so many ideas of what you think the church can do. The church can do, and the the church is not doing. So I had all these ideas, and I waited. When I was ordained a pastor, I went to pastor. I said, I have all these ideas, and the pastor looked at me. You know, I'm the originator of all these things. The problem I have is that there is no new bowl. There are no people. There is nobody available to do this, and I said I will raise the people. I will raise it and we will do it. And he said to me, "I'm saying it is here." He said to me, "If you do this, and this is the only thing you achieve this year, you're a successful man." This is the only thing. Don't do any other thing. This is the only thing you achieve this year. You are successful. And I went. We set up the team. Everything. Team. Some of you are in the team, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are the team. I saw firsthand that there was no new bull. He said, there is nobody available. Nobody. We are so busy. All of us, we are so busy. What are you doing? We call you now and sit you down and ask you, what are you doing? You are making a living. If God just does like this, it's gone. But we use that as an excuse not to make ourselves available. I met somebody in the church. I said, you have this gift. Why are you not using it here? He said, honestly, my job is so demanding. My job is so demanding. I'm the head of this. I'm the head of this. And I'm looking at him. I said, and all this for what? The scripture says that the lily, they don't have to struggle. God, Yet God had clothed them more beautifully than all of this. Everything else. Under the beds of the air, they don't have investments. God feeds them. And we use the things of this world to make ourselves unavailable to be used. We we'll make ourselves unavailable. I used to think I was very spiritual until I saw Pastor Yomi's 60th birthday. You know what some of us will do? We'll go and rent Marriott. Am I lying? We'll go and rent Marriott. That all these big guys that are coming, I can't. Bring them to church. I'll go and put them in Marriott Do five course meal for them. Pastor Yomi brought them to church. Whether you like it or not, you sit down here. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is who I am, and I'm telling the whole world, this is who I am. I'm the son of my father. I am a Christian. I'm born again. I'm a member of Grace Assembly. And you all must know it. You are ashamed when they even want to say, ah, ah, You they go to church. <laughs> you are already ashamed. If somebody wants to identify you with, with church, you are, you are already saying, No, uh, it's just um, something I do once in a while. Hallelujah. <sighs> we must begin to retrace our steps. And you know, the fantastic thing is that it's those of us that are even here that are serious. There are a lot of us, <laughs> there's people that are not even committed. They are not here. I'm not saying everybody that is not here is not committed, but you understand what I mean? There are little places where you find yourself. What are you doing there? How You are the first person to say you won't be available when, they, when, when an instruction is given. You are the first to say you won't be available. Why? Because of your job. Because of your job? Because you are tired. You've worked so much. He so said, why didn't you come to church? Oh my God, my week was very busy. Your week was very busy. So you are too busy. You can't come to, to church. You are so tired, you can't come to church. I'm talking about coming. I'm not even talking about serving in the first place. God was particular about a new bowl. You know in Nigeria today, they are packaging some old things for us, using nice posters to make it look like they are new. <laughs> some people already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they, you see that they can't work properly because of age. It's not because it's just age, and which is OK. But don't package it to us and tell us that the person is doing gym, and the person is doing gym, and the person is healthy. Don't package it for us. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> They are packaging it for us that the person is healthy is young it can't even walk. Nigeria does not need an old bow Nigeria does not need an old bow that is painted to look new that's not what we need we need a new bow i like us to talk about salt. Elisha said that when you're bringing the bowl, put salt in it. Who can tell me? Just mention one more. What are the things that we can do with salt? Who can help us? Okay, Sam. Okay, uh, our brother there. After that, you take it to Sam. Praise God. Hallelujah. The salt has that preservative power. Use for preservation. Put your hands together for him. Salt is used for preservation. What else? Sam. Salt is used for sweetening. Sweetening is used to sweeten. Put your hands together for Sam. Tell me. Salt is actually a disinfectant. Wow, disinfectant and Nigeria actually needs something to disinfect us. Put your hands together for her, please. <laughs> Why are you laughing when I call Nigeria that? It's true, that. Hallelujah. What else is salt used for? There are quite a lot of things that salt is used for. What else? Additive. What do you mean by Additive. That's it. it gives taste. It's gives taste. So he's used to sweeten and they give taste. Put your hands together for him. Salt is also used for cleansing. They use salt to clean things, right? So there are quite a number of things that we can use salt for. Salt is very symbolic. And the Bible said that we are the salt of the earth. The salt has, the earth has become so, bad. Now we need to bring life. You know salt is also used to restore. When your soup gets bad, I, I saw it somewhere, I'm not saying it's from my wife, or I just saw it somewhere. When your soup gets bad, some people, it gets sour. Some people just put salt to bring it back to life. Minister, you know about it very well. You know very well about it. <laughs> All right. So it's used to restore. And the man of God brought the bow with his sword. Let me ask you one question. Did Elisha get the bow by himself? Did he put the sword in it by himself? Where did he get the solution to their problem? From the people. The people had a problem. The people had the solution. Today, we have a problem in Nigeria. Where is the solution? With the people. I wanted to sell something yesterday, so I fixed a price for it. I discussed it with my boss, and he said, I think the price you fixed is overpriced. Let's reduce the amount. The kind of person I work with is worse than I am praise the Lord. You know, being careful about doing the right thing is worse than I am. Worse. He said, I think it is too high. I think you should fix. And it's a pricing that once I fix, they have no choice but to accept. You know, you can be in a position where you can fix something, dictate the price, and they have no choice but to accept it. That was the position I was in. So I just fixed the price. And he said, no, it's too high. It's too high. Bring it down to this point. We have a problem. And we are part of the problem. We have a problem and we take advantage of the situation to increase the problem on ourselves. Some of us, you just see a slight opportunity. you take, you take the prices so high. Because they, they showed on social media how how us people are now buying cars. <laughs> I know it's a joke. But the point is that we should not take advantage of any situation. If we don't correct ourselves in the church, there's no way the world will change. We are supposed to be the ones that are the salt of the earth. Somebody came to my office. She wanted to do something for me. And she said that it's difficult for me to do this. I wish you can tell me anytime we want something from you, anytime we want something from you, tell us that before I give you this, you must give me this. That That is easier for them that way. They can write it as bribe and give it and they must get it. But afterwards, they cannot get it. So they encourage you to accept bribe, to take a bribe. That is better that way. But afterwards, I can't give you anything. I can't give you anything. So the system has made us... Now rather than being salt, we have become something else. We have become sand. When Elisha took the salt, the Bible said that he went where? I'd like us to go back to that scripture. He said... Then, verse 21, then he went out to the source of the water and cast the salt there. I want us to learn a lesson from this. Anytime you see a problem, don't address the problem head on, look for the source of the problem. You know some of us that drive cars, and all of a sudden, your oil reduces. You know what we do by instinct? What do we do? We go and top oil. Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, some of us, you know, what do we even do? We carry extra oil in the boot in case the thing is shot again. Nobody's asking, why is the oil dropping? your oil is not supposed to drop just in case you think that it's a normal thing it's not a normal thing your oil is not supposed to be reducing it's supposed to remain where it is so it's not a normal thing you ask yourself why we must learn to always find out the source of the problem the source of the problem there's a young man he had Um, something on his face. I don't know whether it's cancer, uh, lumps, all over his face, everywhere. And then he's asking for money to do surgery. I said, what is the surgery for? They say it's to remove, use laser, remove everything on his face. And I said, can I see the test results of the, from the doctor that wants to carry out the surgery? I want to see the test result before he finally decided to carry out the surgery. And they sent it to me. I said, okay, so what is the cause of these things on your face? Uh, They say it's cancer. I said, okay, um, I'm not seeing any test that shows it is cancer. Was any biopsy done? Said, this is all I have. So how did the doctor know what this is? No investigation have you seen people there's one man I saw used to have this thing a long time ago they cut it off from surgery it grew back because you did not attack the source of the problem and I pity this young man he has done the surgery removed everything but I was asking him what's the investigation what's this he said you don't want to give me money don't give me money and he left Nigeria has a problem Every one of us is part of the problem. But you know where we need to attack? The source. Where is the source? a rock. <laughs> where is the source? We need to attack the source. The Bible said that he went to the source and poured the salt, and he declared, verse 21, he said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more deaths or barrenness. In itself, the the salt and the cruise, the bow, will not be able to solve the problem. Elisha had to prophesy. And people of God, as much as we will take our time to go to the polling units and make a vote, it is not all about going to the polling units to make a vote. We have prayed and we are going to trust God for it, but I think that it is time that we prophesy. Praise the Lord. We are going to be prophesying and declaring. If you check the last few weeks, ask yourself all the things you have been saying about Nigeria. You probably haven't said anything positive. I have made us say something positive today. Praise the Lord. I've made us say something positive today. But I think that we need to begin to prophesy something good about Nigeria. We're going to spend some time And pray today while we prophesy. And trust God that from February 25th, the situation of Nigeria will change. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to rise up on our feet. Firstly, we're going to pray a prayer about ourselves. We're going to be trusting God that some of us have had our lives tainted by the things that we have done. We're going to ask the Lord for mercy and for a cleansing, a cleansing that will not make us clean, a cleansing that will make us new. I'd like us to begin to pray this prayer. Father Lord, I pray we commit our souls unto you. And please have mercy on us as a church, myself, and as this nation. Please, Lord, have mercy on us. And pray that the Lord will begin to change our lives, change our hearts, change our orientation. That we will begin to put God first in everything that we do. Everything that we do, the decisions that we make. We're going to consider that it's God in this decision I am making? Am am I making this decision as a result of myself? Is this? Am I looking for something that will benefit only me? What is the input I am putting into the benefits, into the church to benefit the workings of the kingdom? What am I doing to benefit the workings of the kingdom? What am I doing to improve the kingdom of God? What am I doing on my own? What am I doing in my family? What am I doing as a church? What am I doing as a nation? Lord, I like, Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive our trespasses and Lord, we ask that you change our hearts and change our minds. You said in Ezekiel that I will take away the heart of stone and give you the heart of flesh and I will pour clean water upon your spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon us and cause that we become a different person. I'd like you to make this prayer. Lord, open the heavens over my head. Cause that the Spirit descend upon me and change me to become a different person. I will not think only for the good of myself and my family. I will think of the good of the church, the good of your kingdom, and the good of this nation. I will play my own part into the fortress of your kingdom here on earth. I'd like us to pray for Nigeria. If each and every one of us plays our part we will eventually see the Nigeria that we want. I'd like us to ask the Lord that come February 25th, let God's will be done. We will not allow the counsel of man to prevail. We will not allow the wiles of the enemy to prevail. But Lord, have mercy on us and let your will be done. We have sinned over time, especially in this earthquake, that God's hand is upon Nigeria. We have seen it over and over again that the situation of the country is pleasant. But Lord, we pray like we've always been praying that let your will be done. And let us prophesy a turnaround for this nation. Let us prophesy God's kingdom unto Nigeria. Come this election. Let us prophesy that only God's beating will prevail. Let's prophesy that no workings of the enemy will prevail in this nation from henceforth. Let us prophesy that only the beatings and the precepts of God will prevail in this land. God will prophesy that it is well with Nigeria from henceforth. Lord, we prophesy that we will face this contempt, that the days of contempt are already over. Lord we prophesy that your hand will rest upon us. Lord we prophesy that you shall overturn and overturn again until this nation is in right standing with you. Lord we prophesy that your king shall reign upon this nation. Your word says that when the righteous man is in authority your people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules your people groan. Lord will prophesy that a righteous man will reign in this nation in the name of Jesus Father we thank you once again we present ourselves before you Lord the corruption of this nation and the things around us has marred the creature that you made Lord, we pray that you make us again. You said it to Jeremiah that as the potter was making the pot with the clay, the clay became marred in his hands. And that he maketh it they again as seemed good in his eyes. Father, our prayer is that you make us again, not as it seems good to us, but as it seems good to you. Make us again that we might be able to fulfill the purpose for which you have brought us to this earth. Lord, make us again that we might become relevant to Grace Assembly. Lord, make us again that we might become relevant to our nation, Nigeria. Lord, make us again that we will play our own part in transforming this nation. Lord, we pray, make us again that ultimately we might see your face. Thank you, dear Lord. Blessed be your holy name, because we know that you have heard us. In Jesus' much less name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. You may put your hands together for the Lord. Please be seated.